Be sure to tune in to Tamina Talks Immigration with Tamina Watson this and every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Immigration attorney Tamina Watson founded Watson Immigration Law here in Seattle and is a frequent speaker, author, and blogger who has appeared in Forbes, CNN, The Seattle Times, and much more. On her radio show, Tamina will take all your questions live on air. Plus, she will discuss and provide insight into the latest immigration news and issues as well as talk with notable personalities who have impacted U.S. immigration law or our notable immigrants themselves. Check out Tamina Talks Immigration Tuesdays at 10 a.m. on Daisy 1250 a.m., radio that listens to you. Good morning, Seattle. This is Tamina Watson on Desi 1250 AM. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you've tuned in on the radio, please note that we're actually live on Facebook. Hello, everyone. Uh, you can find us at, at Tamina Talks Immigration Radio Show on Facebook. Um, and I have a wonderful guest that I'll introduce you in just a moment. Um, the telephone number at the studio is 844 301 1250 844-301-1250. If you are new to the show, this show is all about immigration, immigration news updates, immigration um, law and policy updates, as well as having guests who can talk about immigration, whether it's from personal experience or people who are making difference in immigrant lives or immigration policies. The show airs every Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning, and then it is repeated at um, 8 p.m. on Fridays. Uh, If you cannot tune in right now, um, or or you have a friend or family member who cannot tune in, you can download the app um, at... uh, uh, Google Play or even your iTunes, as well as live streaming um, on uh, the website www.dc1250am.com. But also, the shows are archived at soundcloud.com, Tamina Watson profile, so you can find all our previous shows there. The reminder of the phone number is 844 301 1250. 844 301 1250. We have a fantastic guest. I'm so, so honored. This is Sheriff Olcott, everybody on Facebook Live. I'm so honored to have him at DC 1250. Thank you so much for coming. Well, thank you so much. I'm certainly glad to be here. Yeah, well, I, uh, we have so much to talk about, and I can't wait to introduce you properly. Uh, just a couple of news updates. Um, all of you who are naturalizing and ha- have uh, got citizenship, uh, news update on the administration front. Uh, of course, we've had a very crazy 100 days so far, and it seems like a lot of craziness is still on the way for us. But um, if you haven't followed the news this week, uh, or last week rather, there is a case at the Supreme Court that is hearing um, essentially about somebody's citizenship being taken away. And unfortunately, that is a new trend that's coming up. Uh, a lawyer friend of mine told me that she is handling two de- denaturalization cases. If you have questions, comments, feedback, or any other type of information on somebody you know that is having their citizenship question, then I would love to hear from you. Um, you may remember that on the campaign trail, there was an incident uh, during the election campaign. Somebody uh, was burning a flag and uh, then uh, President um, at the time President uh, Trump basically said that anybody who burns a flag I don't know if you remember this burning a flag uh, their citizenship would be taken away and you know at the time it seemed like rhetoric but I, I, I remember telling people that we need to watch this space because it could be uh, um, basically a trigger to using other excuses to take citizenship away, and we're now seeing that, unfortunately. Um, I don't know where this will go, but I think it's something that we need to keep an eye on. So listeners, if you do... 
if you do know of anybody who is having this questioned, I would love to hear from you. And the email that you can use is info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com, info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com, or contact at desi1250am.com. Um, and remember, the fo- phone number here is 844 Another news update is Sanctuary City, um, the arguments about Sanctuary Cities and the funding that the federal government provides was being questioned uh, in California. And of course, it is being questioned here and there's litigation pending in Seattle. But in California, the issue was won and a federal judge upheld the the case where federal funding cannot be withheld uh, right at the moment anyway. But that is part of the discussion we're going to have with Sheriff here. And uh, I cannot wait to dive into it but we if you've just tuned in you're listening to Tamina Talks Immigration um, at the AC 1250 AM so without further ado um, I am going to introduce my wonderful guest today. Uh, Sheriff uh, John Urquhart has served the citizens of Washington State as a police officer for over 41 years, the last 29 as a full-time member of the King County Sheriff's Office. His career has included stints as a patro- patrol officer, field training officer, master police officer, sergeant, street-level vice narcotics detective, public information officer, and ad- an administrative aide to two sheriffs. He has investigated everything from property crimes to homicide. Early in his career, he was selected by his peers um, as the Officer of the Year at his precinct and then as Officer of the Year for the entire Sheriff's Office. Sheriff Urquhart is a graduate of the prestigious FBI National Executive Institute. Growing up in North Seattle after high school, he attended the University of Washington, graduating with a bachelor's degree in business. He began a business in a nearby suburb and grew the business for several years before selling it to pursue other interests. Sheriff Urquhart retired in early uh, 2012 and soon after filed to run for sheriff. A resounding victory in the November election made him King County's 33rd sheriff. Um, the next year in 2013, King County voters, sh- voters elective Sheriff Urquhart to a full four- four-year term. He lives on the east side with his wife for 41 years. They have grown two daughters and a Chesapeake Bay retriever named Lulu. We have a cat called Lula. <laughs> there you go. Well, <laughs> welcome, welcome, Sheriff. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to have you here. And there is just so much to talk about. My goodness. How's your day going so far? My day is going just fine so far. I've been a lot of different places, but now I'm here and yeah. very happy to be here. This well, is going to be fun. Well, I'm, I'm so glad. And I know you've had a busy morning already and it's only 10 o'clock. So um, thank you so much for giving us some of your valuable time. You know, there has been so much going on in the last 100 days. Um, how have things been for you over the last 100 days? Well, you know, it has certainly has been an interesting 100 days. I, I will say that. Um, but I've got 721 police officers, and what's been going on and what we've all been talking about really hasn't affected them at all, but it certainly has affected me. And I've been out talking to as many people uh, as uh, will listen to me about the immigration issues and about what everybody is talking about, certainly from the president all the way down to the mayor of Seattle. You know, you have um, had a very, very long career in, in in law enforcement. Has immigration been like this ever? Never. 
Mm-hmm. It's never been like this. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about it, we've heard about it, but to be on, on the front page of the paper, to have everybody talking about it right now, and really it, it's clear it's because of the president and what he said during his campaign for 15 months and then what he has said after January 20th and the attorney general as well. So again, it's, it's got everybody kind of worked up uh, and there's lots of questions out there that people have. And as the the uh, the only elected police chief, if you will, in King County, mm-hmm. I try to answer as many questions I, as I can in front of as many people as I can. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Well, I, you know, I am grateful, and I know the listeners will be incredibly grateful to hear everything that you have to say. Never have the police been on the spotlight like this, though. I think that when it comes to immigration, I think that's that's pretty true. Maybe outside Arizona right. and Sheriff Joe Arpaio and what he did down there for so so many years. So, you know, the police has been part of the administration's target to help with their own immigration plans. What can you tell us about it? Well, on January 25th, the uh, president signed one of his many executive orders. And there were three things in one particular order that I paid attention to. One of those was he wants to hire 5,000 border agents. He wants to hire 10,000 ICE agents. ICE is Immigrations and Customs Enforcement. They're the ones that actually do the deportations and look for undocumented immigrants. And thirdly, he wants police departments to become part of the 287G program. Mm -hmm. And you're going to ask, or your listeners are going to ask. Please tell us what that is. (laughs) The 287G program is part of federal immigration law that allows the federal government to cross-commission local police so that they can enforce federal immigration law. Did it have different names in the past, secure communities and different names? Nope, that's something totally different. 287G program has been around a long time. It's part of, again, federal immigration law, but it's something that that certainly me as sheriff and for my police department, I don't want to have anything to do with. I will never be part of the 287G program, period, ever. Well, hallelujah to that, and thank you so much for having that stance and being so vocal about it. When it comes to the public who don't understand this, what does it mean for them? Well, I think what, what the public needs to understand is there is no immigration law that local police can enforce. Immigration is, by, by statute, by federal statute, it can only, immigration laws can only be enforced by the federal government, absent the 287G program. Mm-hmm. So my deputies, we can't go out and arrest people on immigration uh, issues. We can't, uh, we can't do anything at all when it comes to immigration. It's strictly the federal government. So question then, you were, when the, the administration is putting so much emphasis on the police to act as immigration officers, are police officers competent to act as immigration officers? No, we don't have the training. We don't have the training. We don't have the experience. And if nothing else, we've got a lot more to do. You know, we, we can barely keep up with what's going on in our neighborhoods, in our cities uh, right now. We, the last thing we want to do is to be saddled with another unfunded mandate. And it's counter, it would be so counterproductive to do that. And we can get into that here at some point you as know, well. You just, know, just for fun, everybody knows what you do as police officers. What do you do? <laughs> well, we write tickets. That, that's one of the things we do. <laughs> you know, uh, you're solving crimes. You're protecting our communities. I mean, this is a 24-7 job by itself. Oh, it's clearly a 24-7 job. But, but if, I was, if I'm going to reduce it down, my job, the job of my, my 721 deputies, is to reduce crime and the fear of crime. That pretty much covers it. And the fear of crime is just as important as reducing crime. Because if you are afraid, if if you are an undocumented immigrant and you are afraid that the police, whether it's the federal or the local police, are going to come and swoop you up 
take you out of your work, take your parents away from school, whatever it is, then that's that's just as real to them as if it really happened. So, uh, you know, I'm just thinking on my feet here. You're a police officer. You have 700 and something police officers. And now the president says you have to be immigration officers. Um, let's say you said, OK, I will. What does it mean for actual police jobs then? Well, let me first say he can't make us do that. Well, fantastic. <laughs> he, 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 can, he can twist our arm. He can do all that sort of thing, which he has been doing. Uh -huh. But he can't make us be federal police officers. Uh, but what that would mean if we did or if I agreed, and there are there are sheriffs across the country that said, yes, I'll, I'll be gladly I'll be an immigrant. My people will be immigration agents. And you don't want that. And that's uh -huh. one of the reasons I'm elected, uh -huh. so that I can listen to what the people have to say. But what that would mean was I could pick up people on on probable cause or even less than probable cause that were in this we thought were in this country illegally and take them to the federal detention center in Tacoma for an immigration hearing if that's what they want so but that's not something that I'm the least bit interested in doing but if you were to do that then would that take away the the focus that's necessary in protecting actual society what the police would actually have to do that's exactly right that's what it would do the reality of that situation or if the public thinks that's what I am doing, that means that undocumented immigrants or documented immigrants that have friends, relatives, neighbors that are undocumented, they're not gonna call 911 when they've been burglarized, when they've been assaulted, when their car has been stolen, when any of that thing, that, that type of crime has happened. They're not gonna call the local police. Mm -hmm. And they're, we're the only ones that will respond because they would be afraid that they might get deported when we show up. And that's what I am fighting since January 20th, day in and day out, is that feeling that that's going to happen? Well, you know, um, you you may know you may be experiencing this already, and I'm I'm so grateful for leaders like yourself who are basically um, paving the way for other sheriffs and other jurisdictions where you are not going to be um, you know bullied essentially into doing something that you're not trained to do, um, and we don't want to do, and you don't want to do yes. absolutely. I mean, you are protecting our communities, but I think what's happening uh, uh, with the public is they're afraid anyway. And are you, are you finding that people are not calling uh, and reporting crimes already? Well, intuitively, that's what we think is going on. We don't have the documentation yet. Mm -hmm. But in uh, 2012, the University of Illinois did a, uh, a survey of uh, Latino and Latina people uh, about their fears of the local police. And it was something like 67% said they were nervous or afraid of calling the police because they thought the local police would take immigration action mm -hmm. if they did. Mm -hmm. This was in 2012. Right. Think what it would be like. Think what that fear must be like in yeah. 2017. So with me, it's more than just my gut feeling that mm -hmm. this is occurring. Yeah. I think there's been studies that have shown that. And that's, that's just a shame. Because I, if I can't keep immigrant communities safe, I can't keep any community safe because I can't arrest those bad guys. That's, um, you know, I think that hits it on a nail that you, you to, to protect everybody, you can't protect one group, you know, or exclude a group. It's just, it's bigger than just that one community. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we are so lucky to be living in Washington State and in Seattle and King County. Leaders like yourself, our Seattle mayor, our Washington State governor, we've been declared to be a sanctuary city and a sanctuary state. What does that mean? Not a darn thing. <laughs>
<laughs> and so what does that mean to when people hear Sanctuary City and there's so much fight going on? The, the good news, when, when, when a city or the state or the county, King County as well, calls themselves a sanctuary city, I think it, it, it sends a message to people that we are inclusive, that we care about everybody regardless of where they came from or what their background is. So it's good from that standpoint, and I appreciate that. From a legal standpoint, it means nothing. Uh, I think the, the left side of the political spectrum has their definition of a sanctuary city. Certainly the right has their definition of what a sanctuary city means. And the two sides, they beat themselves, beat each other up over it, mm -hmm. over something that they don't agree on and they don't understand. And then you've got the federal government mm -hmm. through President Trump and uh, Attorney General Sessions, and they have their definition of what they think a sanctuary city means. Mm -hmm. And it's all over the map, and mm -hmm. it means nothing. And let me give you an example. The city of Burien, city council says, we are a sanctuary city. And they're very proud about that, and they should be. City of Shoreline, they say, we are a welcoming city. Both things mean the same thing. Mm -hmm. City of SeaTac, they're, they're not touching that with a 10-foot pole. Mm -hmm. They're neither. Mm. But the reality is, what the federal government can do to SeaTac, Burien, and Shoreline is essentially nothing. Mm. But they're all on a, a, different, a different spectrum mm -hmm. when it comes to that word. Okay, so, you know, the public, when they hear Sanctuary City, they mistakenly often think that uh, nobody can touch them. But the reality is immigration officers can still detain somebody if they wanted to. Is that right? Absolutely correct, yes. Right. So I think, you know, it's, it's interesting that this term exists and it's really associated with the police, with funding, with ICE, and there's sort of a misnomer almost. It's become a political word and mm -hmm. it's used politically. And that's really what, that's what I object to. Mm -hmm. As much as I, I like the concept of it and I like how it's been used, my wish is that everybody, starting with the president mm -hmm. and down through the governor, and the mayor of Seattle, I wish they'd tone this down a bit mm. because what's happened is it's it's raised everybody's fears. It's raised everybody's fears and the, it's certainly raised the rhetoric up. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's unfortunate because it has people so scared. It has people scared that, at least anecdotally, they're, they're not going to their jobs or taking their kids out of school. They think that there are roadblocks up there. They think that ICE, in conjunction with the local police, are going to Home Depot to round people up. Mm. They're just looking for work. Mm -hmm. All those kinds of things. And that, that's, that's, that's really negative consequences over this rhetoric. Mm. And quite frankly, the local leaders are as guilty as the president is in raising this fear up. Really? I mean, yeah, that's very interesting because I think on the one hand, while the president is doing what he's doing, uh, you know, don't we have to stand up to him? Oh, I think we absolutely do. Mm -hmm. But I think there's different ways to stand up to him. Interesting. Uh, and I, I tell you, I'm, I'm absolutely standing up to mm -hmm. him, basically by calling him out on some of the things that he's been saying mm -hmm. and specifically taking the money away mm -hmm. from sanctuary cities. Yeah. Because he's saying one thing, and to be perfectly honest, the attorney general is saying something totally different. And what the Attorney General has said, at least in one press conference, was much more nuanced and much more legal mm -hmm. and is a possibility mm -hmm. than what President Trump has been saying. Interesting. And again, that's part of the rhetoric. Right, you know, right, it's, right. It's just broad rhetoric that everybody is using. Yeah, well, you know, the Sanctuary City conversation by itself could go on for a really long time. I wanted to, I have you here, the Sheriff of King County. I have some really important questions for you. Um, what's a detainer? What's a detainer? <laughs> a detainer is a piece of paper that ICE delivers to a local jail. And what that piece of paper says that uh, Joe Smith, we think Joe Smith is, an, is a, uh, they'll, they will say a illegal immigrant, I will say an undocumented immigrant, and we think he is going to get out of jail on Friday. And we want you to hold him for 48 hours 
and maybe we'll be able to come and pick him up from the jail during that 48 hours. That's it, it, in the most simplest terms, that's what that is. Okay. Now, there's a problem with detainers. Mm-hmm. What they want us to do is hold somebody in jail when they have not been charged or arrested for a crime. That's against the law. Mm-hmm. That's against the Constitution. It's against the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution, which deals with search and seizure, the seizure being of that person. Now, I've read the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution, like I'm sure you have. Mm-hmm. Nowhere does it mention 48 hours, mm-hmm. anywhere in there. Oh, it's blatantly uh-huh. unconstitutional to do that. Mm-hmm. And I've been a police officer for 48 years. I know the Constitution. I know probable cause. But there are three federal courts that have said exactly the same thing, one in Oregon, one in Pennsylvania, one in Illinois. They said that these are unconstitutional. And detainers, as well, are voluntary. The jail does not have to go along with them. The federal court, the federal immigration folks can't force local jails to honor detainers. So what's happening in our local area when um, ICE is presenting a detainer? What's the typical thing that happens next? Not a darn thing. Mm. Again, they're, mm-hmm. they're all that over the last few years, uh, most jails across the country are not honoring detainers because A, they're getting sued and B, Federal courts have said they're illegal, and C, they know that they're illegal. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a real good example. Okay, great. Uh, there are 39 sheriffs in, in uh, the state of Washington. I'm obviously the biggest county, uh, and I have the most, uh, the highest number of deputies. But we, we had uh, here six weeks ago, we had a meeting uh, in Yakima. All the sheriffs got together, and one of the items on the agenda was immigration. And I went over there loaded for bear. I was going to give the gears to my fellow sheriffs because most of them come from the east side of the mountains, the red side of the state. Mm-hmm. It's just a fact. Every single sheriff in the state of Washington has said, we will not honor detainer requests. Wow, Every that's single amazing. One. And, and that goes along with us, at least 600 other jurisdictions across the country that are not honoring detainer requests. Now, somebody's out of step. Either those, my 39 brother sheriffs, or those 600 other police agencies, or the federal government's out of step mm-hmm. when they're insisting that we honor these detainer requests. So now there, there is sometimes they, they can accompany it with a warrant. Uh, what, what's the procedure for that? So there's two types of warrants that you're talking about. One is an administrative warrant, and that's basically signed by, by a designated person within ICE, and it can be as low as a field agent. Uh, and again, that's not enforceable by local police or the jail. There's what's called a judicial warrant. And a judicial warrant is signed by a judge, a neutral magistrate. It's based on probable cause. It's a sworn affidavit from a police officer or a a, a federal agent. And we will certainly honor those. That's no different than any other arrest warrant because it's, again, it's based on probable cause and it's signed by a neutral judge. And when this warrant is presented, is it obvious that this is a judicial one and an administrative one? Yes. Okay. Absolutely, absolutely. And if the person's in jail and that that uh, judicial warrant is served, it will be honored. If we run into somebody out in the field, one of my officers, and he checks their name and it shows up, yes, it will be honored. Wonderful. So uh, am I to take it from this that all 700-plus police officers recognize an administrative warrant and a judicial warrant and take, tell them apart? They do now. Fantastic. I, I've done some training here since January 20th to make sure everybody in my department at least mm-hmm. realizes the difference. Wonderful. Well, you know, I ha- I could talk with you all day long and I would love for you to come back if that's okay. I will be glad to come back. There's a lot more to talk about just on this subject. Yeah, you know, we uh, we only have a couple of minutes. Um, what would be your last thoughts to share with the listeners who are perhaps listening to something like this for the first time? The main message I want to get out there is people do not have to be afraid to call 911. 
if, if they're afraid to call 911, they won't be a good victim. They won't be a good witness. They, they might have not even be a good defendant because they won't show up for court. The local police are not going to pick you up. We are not going to turn you over to ICE. We are not going to have anything to do with deporting you. We just want to reduce crime and the fear of crime. Well, wonderful. Well, Sheriff, it's an honor to have you here. Thank you from Desi 1250 and all the listeners for actually saying it, telling it as it is, and what you guys are doing to actually keep us safe and protect us and actually having that balance of protecting us and also making sure that you're not bullied by the federal government in this day and age. Great. So thank you. So please come back again. Listeners, this is Tamina Watson on Desi 1250 AM. Thank you so much for joining us. We have just been listening to uh, Sheriff Orkard, who is the King County Sheriff, and he is the leader of 700 plus police officers in our area and has been training police officers day in, day out to make sure that we are protected as well as they, they have an understanding of immigration law that is um, essentially being imposed on them by by the the federal government and the president if you have questions or comments and you want to basically um ask me to talk about something specific um to your issue you can email at uh info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com you can call at 844-301-1250 next week we're going to have a wonderful guest to talk about other immigration issues a reminder that um if you want to have a help uh, on any of your issues or questions or comments um would love to hear from you uh send us your feedback and thoughts at info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com the website for our office is watsonimmigrationlaw.com and the website at the station the studio is www.desi1250am.com so much more to talk about and so much to do um you know if you don't know about the council of american islamic relations they have a fantastic event coming up on the 7th of may which is on sunday uh, and, you know, yours truly will be honored to, because I've been helping them. Um, and I would love for, for you listeners to actually attend the event. It's going to be at the Maidenbauer Center in Bellevue at five o'clock. So please turn up for that. The Northwest Immigrants Rights Project, an amazing event uh, um, organization, is going to have an event on Friday. So please come to that. So uh, with all said and done, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Tamina Watson and Desi 1250 AM. Thank you. Bye bye.